Everyman Podcast. Everyman. Ooh. <clears throat> Daryl. You, you got to cut it off right there. You can't go too much. You can't do, you can't put more on people than they can bear. You, know you, you only got to give them just sometimes just the tip is all you need. And that, that's, that's what just, that was the just, tip right just, there. Just the mushroom. Yeah. They only want the mushroom bar. That's right. A little portobello for you. How you doing, Daryl Campbell? Man, I'm doing good, man. How you doing, Brother Jay? Bro, let me tell you, man. I am feeling energized um energized you I, tell me why man tell yeah. me why. oh why oh i know? will i will where's the, where's the energy coming from i love it you know number one last couple of weeks we've had some really uh, uplifting content you know jeremy holt was great uh mm-hmm. rachel pricinger another another excellent one got a lot of great feedback on both those episodes so once again thank you to those uh fine individuals for joining us on the show daryl i'm energized because this friday this past friday I was blessed by Dream Theater. ODT always gives it to us, man. Always. always. Now, <laughs> we, had, we had hoped that, uh, you know, it would have been a, an official everyman field trip. But, uh, you know, we had some scheduling conflicts arise. And it was a Friday. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work out. So it was a solo, uh, partly solo. Then my, my girlfriend joined. And uh, shout out to uh, Mike Morales, the um, ever faithful Momo. My uh, my producer extraordinaire in the field there was uh, was in was in the game too. So, um, so Dream Theater, hot off the uh, distance overtime tour part one, they came back around for part two. Nice. And they were playing some different venues, different cities uh, than they played the last run that you and I went to back in uh, the spring of 2019. Yep. So this time was at the State Theater in lovely New Brunswick, New Jersey. New Brunswick. You know, I've never been to Old Brunswick, but uh, New Brunswick's looking pretty good. It's it's, <laughs> it's pretty clean. You know, it's right down there downtown in uh, Rutgers campus. They had um, a little bar around the corner. So Dream Theater, a uh, little foreshadowing here. Dream Theater has a product out in collaboration with Barrier Brewery which Uh-oh. is a Long Island uh, brewery. They came out with a special Dream Theater beer. It's a Pilsner. It's called Barstool Warrior. Ooh. So this is, of course, named after the song Barstool Warrior on the uh, on the record. And uh, so Fado Americano is this little bar was having a like a little Dream Theater meetup slash prize giveaway before the show. Love so, um, you know, there's a little bit of Dream Theater taken over downtown. So. I get I get to New Brunswick, you know, find find the location. I go to the back, the stage door, <clears throat> and I was like five minutes early because you know I'm, you have to be early all the time. Every man thing. It's my thing. It kind of gets sometimes it gets in my head. I worked up and I got to be on time. If I'm five minutes early, I'm late. So I knock on the stage door and the lady opens up. She's like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" I'm like, "I'm here to see Dream Theater." My name's Justin. Oh, okay, come on in. So I sit down in the corner and then uh, you know. Just like happenstance, Cosmic Canoe, who comes walking down the stairs, is Mike Mangini. Double M, man. So the man himself's coming down the stairs. He's you know he's ready to roll, and uh, so we you know we, we went around backstage a little bit and uh, graciously accepted a cookie from the from the craft services people. It was a it was a white chocolate macadamia <laughs> nut. Nice. Yep, it was great. They had dues back in stock. Um, it was it was really top notch uh, accommodations for Dream Theater. So. Mike and I had a great conversation. Uh, you know, it wasn't as long as our some of our previous conversations, obviously, because you know when they're on the road, they've got 
time constraints naturally. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so we had a great conversation. And actually, you hear a little bit of uh, Jordan uh, Rudess, the keyboardist, doing a sound check in the background when we're taking the fan questions. And uh, yeah, we had a great chat. So today's episode, you're going to hear that interview. And I uh, just want to talk a little bit about, you know, the show. And Mike, uh, Mike had told me maybe two weeks ago that he's playing at his absolute best right now. And he says it in the interview as well. And he kind of expands on it. And I said to him, you know, Mike, I'm, I'm finding that hard to believe that you could actually play any better than you're playing, you know, not because I don't believe in you, but because you're <laughs> probably the best drummer on the planet. And I don't, I don't see where there's much room for improvement, but at the same time, when somebody like Mike Mangini looks you in the eyes and tells you he's playing better than he's ever played, you nice. have to believe him. It's like a, it's like a fighter pilot. Like the intensity yeah. coming from this man is just yeah. It's, <laughs> it's well, I, I can see where you're coming from, brother Jay. It's like if LeBron or if like Jordan in his prime was right. like, hey, you know what? I'm playing the best I've ever played. I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, uh, Jordan, LeBron, the best ever. So okay, yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I believe it. So he's telling me how much better he's playing and and you know he actually made a comment that i thought was really cool to me and he wanted me to share this was that um you know when he one of the first nights after you know on the tour that john and john petrucci and jordan rudess had kind of pulled him aside and said man you're like you're killing it like what's this is great you're doing you're doing great and he was telling me how much that meant to him for nice. for musicians that he, you know, these are his brothers on the road and, and they're obviously, you know, world-class musicians that he looks up to even independently of being involved in Dream Theater. So, you know, he, he expressed to me how much that means to him that he can still impress, you know, those guys after all these years of, of being involved in Dream Theater. And I'll tell you, man, he was not kidding. I'm sitting there watching the show We're you know, we're up front. <laughs> And every like thirty seconds, I'm elbowing Morales. I'm hitting Momo, going, "Dude, dude, you see that left hand China right there? Do you see that action? <laughs> you know, like the whole thing was just outstanding." And I and I even I took notes <laughs> during the show, and you know, talked to Mike about it afterwards because he he said, you know, he was expecting me to uh, be studious, so uh, nice. I was prepared, and and we had a great time, and um. You know, uh, as far as the, you know, a lot of people on Reddit, uh, when I asked for, for questions, a lot of people were asking about the sound and um, specifically that people are saying that the show was really loud. Now, I didn't find it to be too loud, you know, to, to the Reddit guests. Um, and it is something I did talk to Mike about offline. We didn't really get, uh, I didn't really have time to address it on the podcast because we only had gotcha. 25 minutes. Uh, so Reddit, you know, I wasn't ignoring your, your calls there. Uh, I did talk to him about it. And I think what's going on maybe, and I'm just speaking here for myself. I'm not speaking on behalf of Mike or anybody else <laughs> involved in Dream Theater. I think what's happening is this run, the buildings are a little bit smaller and they're using the same PA. So, you know, there's a lot of power on that stage, yeah. both physically and what they're doing. And we kind of talk a little bit about the volume in the podcast about how it's important that they have the room to do it. Uh, speaking in a, you know, like an engineering standpoint, have the, have the space open for possible so you can take it that high. Right. But, um, you know, I, I, I just, I recommend you maybe bring some earplugs, you know, if anybody's listening to this, they haven't seen the dream theater shows yet. It's a great show, great tour, uh, scenes from memory, getting to see that again is always a treat. 
So definitely, if if you got you know, the, I know they're still they're still hitting uh, some cities up in the northeast. So definitely get out there and see it. And then they're going to be on the road again coming up here in uh, 2020, going to Europe. Yeah, man. Dream Theater International. So, uh, but yeah, man, it was just it was it was a great time. So after the interview, I, I'm kind of jumping around here on the timeline. After the interview, I go over to Fado Americanos to wait for, you know, Mike and uh, my girlfriend. And, you know, I'm not a particularly lucky guy when it comes to raffles. <laughs> but, bro, I was in some sort of cosmic tornado on Friday night. Nice. I sit down. I, I order a beer. You know, uh, I had a I had a bar, a barrier uh, barstool warrior. How she was, comes it? Down. was it good? Oh, was dude, it great? it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Nice. We're gonna we're gonna hit that in a second. Yeah. So so she she comes in, gives me a ticket, and then the guy picks up the microphone and goes, "Okay, ready to go, ready to uh, win some more prizes, Dream Theater fans." And I was like, "All right, this is cool." And I'm like sitting at the end of the bar by myself. I'm kind of sweaty because I was just walking around with my, you know, I got my podcast bag and yeah, you know. And I also I like you know how that 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 bar was when we went in in April like. The Dream Theater fans, you, you see them come in, they're excited that you know they're talking about Dream Theater. And, like, I just had this, like, behind the scenes, you know, I was just chilling backstage with them all. And I'm like, oh, they're going to blow your tits oh, off yeah. tonight. Oh, I heard them. Yeah. I heard them warming up. Don't worry. It's going to be great. You know, like, it's like yeah. kind of knowing what's in the, you know, in the present ahead of time. It's, it's that inside knowledge, man. Yeah. I'm an addict for that special treatment. You know what I mean? <laughs> So the guy goes, all right, yeah, you know, uh, here we go. And uh, 67890, boom. The girl had just handed me the ticket. I had the ticket for maybe five seconds, dude. Wow. I get a win. I, I won a sweet little bag and this nice. this really nice uh, deluxe pin, like gold trimmed and red sparkle Dream Theater pin. I got this beautiful drum head. They all, nice. I had that. So, you know, they all took care of it. And then I'm sitting there at the bar. And uh, so I was like getting a kick out of this, right? So I pull up my phone, I text Mangini, I'm like, hey, I just won this, uh, this must be my lucky day, I just won this raffle, the Dream Theater raffle. Nice. And uh, he goes, ah, ha ha, and then I I check, uh, the guy next to me is like looking at my phone, he's like, are you texting Mike Mangini? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, no, stop looking at my phone, you know, like, what? you know, it was kind of weird. But um, get out of my phone, bro. Yeah, well, it was like a tight bar, and I guess he just, you know, couldn't help it. And right, uh, right. but yeah, he, he, nice guy. And uh, yeah, so Barstool Warrior, great beer. So we're hanging out with Dream Theater after the show, talking to John, talking to Jordan, and uh, Jordan Rudess and James LeBrie are going to be coming on the show here in the future. So that's that's going to be a lot of fun, and um, we're going to have some Dream Theater for you guys, you know, throughout the new year, and. Uh, Mike Mangini introduced me to the guys from from Barrier, um, so we're gonna they're gonna be coming on the show as well. We're gonna have a little beer chat, talk about making beer for metal, and uh, all around, you know, it was just a great time. Um, beautiful theater, the 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 venue staff was very accommodating. You know, you know how it is, man. When we spend too much time at a venue, you start, you know, seeing familiar faces, and oh yeah, you know, you do your best to give that every man light, you know. Unfortunately, um, our, you know our boy Zach Rossi. That was his one of his off days. Um, uh, he was oh, celebrating man. a family exactly. wedding. So, you know, congratulations, uh, you know, to the Rossi family for, the, for they had a looks like they had a beautiful wedding. Uh, I'm nice. not gonna I'm not gonna get into the details. That's their business. But um, yeah, so Zach, miss you, bro. Uh, we'll catch you next time. 
And, you know, that was that, man. It was a great, it was an all around, every man, great experience. And I, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with uh, Mr. Mike Mangini. And um, if, you, if you do enjoy it and you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, hit a subscribe, and just mm-hmm. hang in there because uh, next week we've got one of the best drummers on the planet as well. Uh, my boy Naveen Copperweiss is coming on from Entheos. Is played it? with Animals as Leaders. He's on the new Whitechapel album. Just a total, total savage monster of a drummer and absolute everyman. He's coming up here in a few weeks, so stay tuned. And uh, with that being said, my bro, I think we should kick it to the one and only Mike Mangini. Yes, sir. Enjoy it. So I'm here at the beautiful State Theater backstage in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Yes. The man who needs no introduction. I'm not even going to attempt to introduce him. Mike Mangini of Dream Theater. Hi, everybody. It's good to see you, my friend. Great to see you. Nice day. It's a little overcast. This is we got this beautiful brick wall. The that's, uh, the what do they call this with the mirror with the lights around it? That's the star mirror. This is where you become a star. That's the star. Yeah, I'm a star. This right? is where this evening uh, before the performance, Mike will transform. Yes. Into uh, his I true actually, self. I actually like these. Uh, not I, I don't even want to see myself, but <laughs> but the heat from the bulb sometimes helps my muscles. Warm oh up yeah, that makes a sense. Little get a little easier, get so. a little loose before the show. Yeah, yeah. Because like even it. in the summer, um, people seem to over air condition places. It's just the b- most bizarre thing, and it's very. I mean, this is something you notice when you tour. Well, well, like, why is it freezing in here? You know here? what I think? I, I think they pre. It's like pre cooling for when all those bodies get in there, because then when all the bodies yeah. and they start. They start mouth breathing and expelling their heat. Oh, I'm I'm definitely expelling some energy. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. They're, they're putting it down to 44 degrees. <laughs> yeah, they get you get you at your optimal uh, core temperature. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, so how's the tour going? You're here on the uh, existence over time part two. I'm having a very different kind of experience on this tour. It's been it's my it's my best one, my favorite one. Um, I am personally progressing. With my drumming to a place I didn't think that I would be able to do in a short time since figuring out a couple of new techniques just so many months ago, um, it, it's really, I'm, I just can't even tell you, I'm stunned. I'm really? happy because it's even, oh, to make even, to even keep the standard where you are once you push a certain envelope is brutal your life has to revolve around you have to keep going but to push it even more and to push it to the level that i'm pushing it now i mean it's it's a serious chunk above what where i've been before it's just it's makes my day so great and when i think about it all the other stuff you know the challenges seem to pale into comparison and and i just can deal with them well Call me. We'll Kurt. see what you think. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, to hear you say that you now you, you're at your best because I've seen yeah. at least at least one show of every Dream Theater tour since you've been with the band. So I can't imagine you getting any better than I just saw you a couple months ago at the Tower. But you know, I believe you when you tell me you're sitting here telling me that you uh, you've crossed the threshold. What do you what do you credit that for? Did you like make an intention to say like, all right, I'm gonna get to this next level, or did, have you just been following yeah, the path? It was a huge intention because I'm just. I became so despondent almost to the point of like seeking any kind of help I could, you know, willing it, thinking it, visualizing it, praying on it, um, doing, I, practicing. I could not 
get my feet to essentially navigate between the tempo changes that usually require I've got a hair in my mouth that usually require um, um, you know significant body feel differences between the techniques in other words playing extremely slow you can hit the drum any way you want you could, if you had no foot at all and just you know a half a shin you could still as long as you could reach it you could just slap a bass drum pedal down right sure but as the tempos get faster things get crazy um, and things get worse too quality wise the the sound quality goes down with with the speed increase especially on one drum um, it's just boomy and um, uh, and the drum head it gets very difficult because the drum head especially at 24 bends in on itself it's like some of the hits cancel each other it's bizarre uh, hitting a certain way the beater can be thrown back into your shin right also um, uh, this is this is why the the faster players in the world, not me, but the real fast feet guys that are way into the stratosphere, ha you have to trigger. And I've never ever 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 triggered a bass drum a snare on a record. I've never personally done it myself. It gets done to me every which way all the time, but I've not chosen to do it because I don't want my sound replaced. However. That's changing because I now am learning how to do it where I can put an element of the bass drum that's missing in when I'm recording at home and doing things. In other words, the bottom snare leaks into the kick drum, you know, and I'm smacking it harder than, you know, it seems. And so I can, I can trigger my snare drum, the bottom mic'd by itself and it's my drum i'm just layering it back in or like a bass drum um, i have an element of one of my kick drums recorded and so by my by my layering that in it's the real drum but a piece of the drum i'm not sampling over my drum sound you know what i'm saying absolutely and so and uh and it's it's valuable and it's helpful to navigate again through these massive tempo changes and technique changes i have found a technique that smooths me out for everything for every every kind of playing slower faster medium and my hits are very consistent and the sound is more consistent so it can be dealt with in other words instead of a slow hit with a lot of slap and real fast hits without the slap i'm not doing either one of those as much i have found some place that's that's very strongly hit, but is not overly hit to the point that I was doing before. And the the faster hits are stronger too. They're not as light. It's requiring, you know, it used to require a completely separate technique that I could not, I couldn't navigate my way through it because I don't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm just not a speed metal drummer. To you know, you know who I'm talking about. Absolutely, guys are just like absolutely. You know, what's your experience as a drummer trying to navigate? So, so I it's funny because I, I had a philosophy um, of no triggers at one point, and I kind of felt the same way where I didn't want my sound replaced. And once I understood that <clears throat> there was, like you're saying, there's that certain point where if you want that sound, there's that that's the way you got to do it. Right. But ev a lot of drummers in that era and still are using a very similar sound when they do that in a certain field. I don't want to like sure. point people out, but 
Yeah. I think so. What I I started to do was after we made our record with Jamie King, I um, got a sample of my kick in various velocities, and I loaded that into my Roland module. Yeah, the TM two was absolutely and I did unbelievable. That's exactly what I did. So I just you know what you're talking about is I made it so it's like it's my sound. Yeah, and it's my yeah you know. I'm still playing and I'm still playing yeah. at that speed, but I'm not, I'm not having to force that velocity. And one of the things I realized was it's also the wear and tear, you know, when you switch to playing with triggers, when you get used to having to pull back a little bit, it is less where like f- on your joints. Cause you're not, you're not holding as much. Right. But other muscles attacks to more. It's just, it's nothing's easy. It, it's still not easy, but yeah. it just, it, you, I definitely noticed a different feel. So now so, yeah. as far as a snare drum, I, I didn't, I don't like that playing like that. I, right. because I, you know, I don't have the same problem. Like, so for my, my style of playing, like I'm not hitting it that hard where it would be an issue. Right. Plus I'm already triggering the kick drum, but right. Um, I think a lot of drummers now are doing this, like we've seen a revolution in the digital drum space in the last like right. 10 years where mm-hmm. it went, it was really good, really good. And then it was like a light years ahead. And, um, a lot of guys are using like a hybrid type thing where they're playing an acoustic kit and they've got some triggers yeah. that sample certain things. And, yes. So I think the future of drumming is really going to be where everybody's well, playing some version of a hybrid, you know, kit where it still looks like a kit. It feels like a kit, you know, it's acoustic, but you could dial in like you're it saying. It depends on the, the intention of the end result. For example, um, my my engineering myself and my recording myself, you know, the drums sound like they really sound right to me. And anybody that's ever been near me or next to me, when I play, that's the real thing that's the sound and i'm just i'm just doing something to 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 make a recording sound real like that in other words it, it doesn't sound as real when i what i'm just experimenting i'm still learning this right but it's almost like when you hit in the old days when you hit a bass drum engineers would put they would make what's called a, a funnel or a tunnel, sorry, <laughs> tunnel. Like, look like a funnel. A butt but, funnel. You know, I mean, you could see pictures of old pictures of Simon Phillips where you, know, you had packing blankets right. and the microphone. Well, the reason why is because you don't want the leakage. You would like to get the outer drum sound like a bottom kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can you can do that. You can do it without using any layering or whatever. But the funny thing is. Um, it's still not, it's almost like the drum is more real by using the technology a little bit. That's what I'm getting because the intention now at the end of the day, I record and play music where the other instruments are maxed out with their velocity. And when right. I see the wave files, they're just walls. So it's not like as dynamic as Zeppelin. Zeppelin was more, had had dynamics. You're already up here. Yeah. And to, and, and yes. you're, you're, yeah, no, I agree with you. So if there's no if way you have to, one level of velocity with everybody, it's not like you need to really, and when you right. do need to go down, you can back it down. And you guys okay. have the kind of sound engineering right. going on here during a performance right. where you can have, you know, your snare drum backed off for the seg- section of a song or, or it's whatever a, you it's, need. It's a crazy thing. And everybody wants to hear every instrument, hear themselves, but... Right. But these other well, instruments... Well, it's part of the fun, right? Oh, well, it is. Of course it is. But that's... The other instruments now are so pinned. They're so maxed out that it is... To me, that's unnatural. Yeah. 
that that guitar in particular is an absolute wall through and through. So how how a drum dynamic supposed to sneak through that? They can't. Either there's only there's only one option, and that the drums have to be unequivocally the loudest things in the mix in order to be clear. There's no other way about it, other than vocals. I think, in my opinion, it's got to go vocals, drums, bass, and guitar and keys. Landscape that um, that chord structure and the riff. To me, that's my. But you know, that's just my view. Um, and that view isn't very popular. <laughs> You're waiting to laugh. That view is just not very popular with everybody. So I get it. I yeah. get it. And it's like, it, yes, life is fun. And it's, it's interesting. But I'm telling you right now, you know, to have the drums just be the natural drums, they have to be cranked. How are you supposed to hear a tiny little splash cymbal or a ghost note unless it's actually very loud in the mix? You know, you can't do it. You cannot have both. So because people not, get used to hearing it a certain way in the album, and that's not yeah. a, it's not a realistic uh, mix of a live well, performance always. Like yeah. with the drums, like if you if you know, so people want to hear those splashes and these bells and you know the little octobon hits. They they're gonna have to be. They have to be the. It has to be. It has to be prioritized. It's just. It's not. I mean, because they're you know. I've been in many bands, and I'm just one person in the band. You know what I'm saying? And so each person has a feeling of mm-hmm. they need their their self heard, and they gotta. It has to be up a little bit to do that. But how can everybody be up? Yeah. So someone's gonna make that decision, and that someone's gonna get there. That's gonna be the way it is. That's just how it works. It's how it's always worked. And now the final production you you hear on the radio starts to sound. A lot of it starts to sound the same. Right. So a lot of you know people that mix want to maybe even labels they want it to sound like people know so there's really no fault in any of this there's nothing that's really necessarily you know you can't say it's wrong because someone else can just simply prefer something one way or the other but if you don't prefer something you can say why you don't think it's right right i I, that's what i do yeah okay so i'm with um, you so anyway um yeah i mean you know you go with the flow i'm learning yeah so i'm trying to positively contribute um, and I don't know how it's going to pan out in any which way, uh, either just my getting some more knowledge with, with Dream Theater or my own stuff, or um, when I record for someone else and I do the tracks myself and then send it, which I just started doing. Really? Yeah. So I just send what I the way I hear it, the way I want it to sound. I send it mixed. I, I mean, just like stems. Yeah, and then you so say, that, yeah, build so off there's, of so this. There's no way anyone can really, uh, you know, if you don't level it. A certain way, you won't hear the tom toms at all. So if you put the tom toms where they're supposed to go, you're going to hear them how I, how you want to hear them. How I actually hear them. Your and, reference. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird because the whole thing is I'm the only one on my drum stool. Right, and you hear you're used to hearing it. A certain yes, way. but I'm different than the other seven billion people in the world. Unless you're a drummer. If you're a drummer, then you know what I'm talking about. It's Absolutely. a whole different view. That's why you know when we did our record with Jamie King, he said, "How do you do? You want this mixed like a drummer?" And I was like, like, yeah, that's how I want it mixed. I want it mixed like you're sitting in the kit, and I want it from that, like, you know, the guitars are over here, here's the yes. bass, you know, here's yeah. the hi-hat, here's the snare right in front. Yeah. Like, that's what I like. And you know what? And whenever anybody listens to it, they go, man, the drums really drive that record. And I go, they do. Well, they're a percussive instrument, but again, there are there are just diff- people want to hear themselves. It's all it yeah, comes down yeah, to. Uh, yeah. There are different philosophies, and it's you know it's a, it's a big world, and people have to get along. So I'm wondering what kind of boing noise you're going to use. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna right, I'm gonna put so a special boing in there yeah, yeah, for that one. Yeah, those are for you. Know. You know, I had a lot of what, comments yeah. on that saying like, what, "What was that?" I said, "Hey, it was trying to keep it clean for the kids." Yes. Yeah, keep it fun. Keep it fun. Do you have questions from fans? Or I do. I do have some fans. I actually something I want to talk, ask you before I get to that. Um, did you hear the new Tool album? I don't have it. Um, I there were two reasons why I'm getting it. <laughs> it's amazing. For, I heard, and I'm sure it is. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, Danny never disappoints. None, none, none of them do. None of them. Absolutely, none of them. Um, and I know uh, anyone in my band that's heard it uh, thinks it's just stupendous. You know, just they just it's say un- very, it's very nice things um, on another level. So yeah, but I when I'm preparing for a tour, I can't. You don't I want can't other have stuff. Anything in my mind, and I've been composing more and more and more and more and more on my own i just don't want to hear anything because i don't want uh when accidental I finish seepage. it i want it i want to be able to say no i did not like you know gee what was hip at the time or popular or whatever it is you know i i copied it or something sometimes you can't help it i don't think so i just want to i just want to finish my deal doing what i've got to do and I'm trying to find my own composing self that I can offer more into Dream Theater. I hope just it's different than, that's different than what it is. So that uh, the band is so that, you know, when I can contribute a little piece, you, now five people can work together, and each, and each have an effect on it. Rather than like I don't want to, I don't want to like write a song that, it's like well, Dream Theater might as well have written that. First of all, I can't, I just can't do that. I've just. That's why I'm in a band with these people. It's so special. And secondly, if I try to do it, it's going to sound like it. This is not going to work. <laughs> you know, it's not going to happen. So I'd rather find myself and be able to be counted upon for contributions with something that the other guys in my band might enjoy, might like say, hey, what do you have for an idea on this? And maybe I'll establish something. I, I don't know. We'll see. That's great. Well, it's it's a it's a great record. It definitely makes sense. Like I, after I've been listening to it nonstop, especially I've been on the road as I was telling you, I'm always listening okay. to it. Now everything I'm counting everything out in seven. Like I'm all uh, <laughs> all obsessed with it. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah we're gonna let's uh, let's get some fan questions here. All right. One second here. Let me. Uh, I apologize. I got this job. I'm gonna edit this out. Sorry. It's like you're texting and driving. No, no. We both have to. You have to. You get a lot of breads in ovens. I'm like a bun. I'm like a bun. Mm-hmm. A bun man. Bun king. Mm-hmm. Where's that coming from? Uh I don't know, but it's fun. It's yeah. just the speaker. It's yeah, so we're we're here backstage. And some, I would think some, it was Jordan playing. It's like Dixieland. Yeah, we got some uh, beautiful... We can turn it off, but it's No, that, I it's like funny. It. Especially if it's Jordan. I yeah. definitely like it. So what do we got? So we got some questions here from the fans, the, the, the wonderful fans on uh, the Dream Theater subreddit. Not sure if you're ever uh, on Reddit or ha- have been there, but it's kind of the 1% of the 1%ers. Uh, so you got a real passionate uh, fan base there, and they mm-hmm. gave us a lot of questions. And so I picked a couple of the ones that I really liked that uh, other people seem to like. So we got some questions from the fans from, from Reddit. Yeah. The Doctor 28 wants to know Is it hard playing the same right. songs night after night on tour? Uh, no. Um, it is, it would be hard if I was sick of them or bored. Because then I would make mistakes and, and my mind would wander. That doesn't happen because I'm so purposefully in touch with what I'm doing. I'm trying to improve. So I'm trying to play it. 
even better each night or at least trying to repeat things and I'm really paying attention so so no uh, well keeps you engaged too yeah I mean or, or, or now when I'm now I'm gonna contradict myself and I'll say well yes yeah, yeah because it's impossible <laughs> for me to to play it you know but I'm enjoying it so uh, so so no it would be it, that would be it would be the case if I was bored that's good. That's a good answer. Uh, Lime Lacroix. A little French connect there. Uh, what's the hardest song for you to play uh, on um, the Dream Theater catalog? Out of the whole catalog? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we can hear the drums coming through. Yeah, That's I can funny. hear a little... Uh, we're, we hear... Uh, is that Eric the, up there? The rocket toms. Yeah. The hamster tubes. Yeah, they got a nice um, little intercom system here. Yeah. We're getting a little taste. The hardest one on the catalog. I... I um... Um, I guess the slower stuff from Astonishing because I just I didn't really fully get it I just I mean that whole thing it's hard for me to just not play a lot um, and so it's hard for me to not play it's difficult for me so I, I like my mind wanders and it's very simple a lot of it so my mind just goes my mind just goes in all kinds of places so that's why it's difficult and it has to do with the my answer to the other question too right when i'm engaged um it's 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 different so it's hard for me i mean it's nothing that's physically <laughs> difficult this, so, i mean because the fastest uh, the fastest i think things done with hands or feet or i'm playing them now sure right it's uh you know whatever uh presence of enemies and Nightmare to remember and all that stuff. So, so Mike anyway. Mangini's greatest drumming weakness is not drumming. Yeah, how about that? Interesting, isn't it? That's <laughs> well. I mean, there's perfect. No, well, there's nothing that's physically challenging. Yeah, too too, too much for me. But that o- makes other sense. Than jumping into something later yeah. or doing a little bit and then waiting and then jumping back in. I could see. Yeah. I could totally see yeah. how that would be difficult yeah. to play and keep your focus. But I'm also one of the reasons that with my own stuff, I can play it i could do it so it would be very very challenging but then like meaning recording something that's hard to actually pull off live you know what i mean it might be there are a couple of moves that i'm doing from the distance over time record because i i sliced in a few spots and i realized wow i have to like turn my body really in an unnatural way so that i can hit that drum in the center like when i go to the the rocket tom it's hard to hit those so um i'm thinking wow i really gotta pick my pick my uh, my body up to play like uh, uh, um in wits at wits end there's an octobon well i call them octobon still there's a fill that i really have to get up there quickly uh pale blue dot too i mean sure. i did it i didn't like punch that by no by no i didn't do any of that stuff i, I played it when i recorded but um you know sectional it was sectionalized so it was like okay and I'm putting it all together as one yeah but playing it live pizza. i'm, yeah. I'm also i'm really hitting the drums oh yeah oh yeah so anyway uh, the light stuff is harder for me. Yeah. I thought this was a pretty cool question. Something uh, you probably haven't been asked in a long time. Balwinski, Balwinski wants to know: Did you have any say on how you played on Annihilator's "Set the World on Fire" record? Recently, I have not been able to get enough of this album. Yes, I worked with Max Norman and Jeff Waters. We were a, we were a team. I mean. You, I was called in at the 11th hour. I also had double pneumonia uh, for a while, and, and I like basically died. I, I showed up at 123 pounds, 
And I played that record, I mean, not knowing the music, not being at my weakest physical state since I was in elementary school, you know. <laughs> but, but, but the passion for the drums and the joy of working with Jeff and Max really brought it out of me. Uh, and Jeff always had something to say. It's his music. And then I needed, I needed him to tell me as well, like, what is your, you wrote this. Is this what you're hearing? He's like, yeah, I want the double bass there. I don't want it there. Try this. Once We would go back and forth. So I had to That's say, awesome. yeah. Well, thank you. Um, last question here from the fans. Um, I thought this was uh, was pretty charming. Falcon seventy seven. Uh, do you do you have any musical guilty pleasures, or maybe something that people would be surprised to know that you enjoy listening to? Um, listening to or okay. playing along to? Or oh, well, playing either, either one. Yeah, just in I general. mean, what what I do that would fit that <laughs> category of guilty pleasure is. I practice during shows and play things that I'm not supposed to. Like I've been throwing my feet in. Um, like like let's let's say there's a part of a song. Let's let's say it's say nightmare to remember. Instead of doing like sixes, I'll try the eights. Mm. You know, instead of but 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 I'll try to go. You know, I'll try you to. Think like, you throw a little bit of that in there for me? Yeah, I like, might throw a few times, yeah, but I'm trying to see like, and it's not you know, I don't know. So that's a guilty pleasure, and I because I'm getting so much better, I want to use it now. Yeah, well, hey, I'll yeah, be I keeping just, my. Uh, I just want to see you know, see what the deal is. I'll be keeping my ears uh, peeled. So no uh, Billie Eilish or anything on your. Uh, <laughs> what? On, no, no new pop stars on your uh, iPod or anything like that. That you're listening to? Um, no, not lately. Um, if I listen to something completely different, it's usually Latin mm. music, and I just spicy. Yeah, yeah I mean, Horacio Hernandez taught me so much about it, and Dennis Chambers and um, uh, Giovanni Hidalgo, all those guys that just, you know, they just morph themselves into these different, you know, monsters. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, and they've been so helpful to me. Anyway, th that's kind of what I, I'll kind of move a little bit, uh, you know. And I'm I not, see, drummers usually little... don't dance. I'm not like one of, I, dance. I like to like, dance. I, 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 I stand in the corner. I was the guy nah, standing at a, in the at a wedding. I'm, I dance with everybody. Well, bride, uh, bride's mom. I learned. Groom's to. mom. I know, learned. To. All of them. I learned. But I, have, I, I, I do it if I, if I can be a goofball. Oh, if I could be a goofball, but I can't really do it. I think so, you could do it. So I do it like no, I do it like a goofball. I like <laughs> I like doing the spin. I put my yeah. finger on someone's oh, and you, yeah, skull yeah. and spin. I spin That's a good like one. the last wedding I went to, the the mother in law, I spun her. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> like a basket spin, like the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, it's just funny. It's That's just good. Fun, so yeah, that works too, though. That gets yeah. the job done. That's yeah. good stuff. Well, Mike, I'm really looking forward to the show tonight. Great. Like you said, uh, you say that you're at your peak blows me away that you could get any better than you possibly are so i'm looking forward to that and uh thank you for spending some time with the everyman podcast as always it's a pleasure to have you on thank you for having me and you know that like today because i needed you know as you saw when i walked in i had a lot going on and like things were behind and i, I was just like of course today when i need things to go smoothly not everything is smooth well i just said that about watch me have like a, an extremely low gig tonight. Oh, like, please! You know, like, why no. did that happen? Like, what uh, happened to me? Come on, it's Friday yeah, night no, in New Brunswick, no, baby. It's this is the <laughs> <laughs> this is it's a time to fly. No, I know, but uh, you know, and also, but be I, I would be uh, you know, it'd be a miss to say. Uh, we, shout out to to my brother Daryl. Couldn't be here uh, last minute. Had to I know had to kick, Darryl, it, kick it in NFL film. So Daryl, we miss you, brother. We, we love you. you. And uh, luckily, he FaceTimed us, so we got to see him right before. Just put a smile on our face, as always. Yeah, there it is. And you know, tonight in the show, um, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, 
uh, you know about like difficult moments um um yeah, the, the 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 lighter stuff is in the scenes from memory, but it's it's still it's not as light. And I I, I got to tell you when, when we when we did that astonishing tour, one of the one of the things is that you know it was the rec- the record was so brilliantly written, right? That that for me to stay out of the way again, it was really like something. I, it's like a different mindset, yeah. you know. And it's it's like, like really hard. In a cage. You know, for me to hear some of those songs back, it's like. It's pleasurable because I'm like, wow, that was really hard to get that right, or it's to stay out of the way, or to play it with the feel that I did, or whatever. But anyway, um, tonight I, I don't think there's anything in that's like that. So, yeah, I think you're gonna rip. Yeah, okay, there you I'm go. I'm ready for it. All right, All right. Mike, let's go uh, get one of those bar stools. Yeah. <laughs> 